What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Savannah Seiler. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Seiler on the episode today. I'm so excited. Savannah, I'm just going to toss at you. Start wherever you'd like. Okay. So um, my husband and I met in 2012. We actually met online, which is kind of funny, but um, we dated for a while and then we got married in August of 2015. And when we got married, we knew we always wanted babies, but we didn't have like a plan. And then in December, we were like, hmm, we should have a baby. (laughs) And I just thought that it would come really easy. I went off my birth control and I thought like, hey, we're just gonna get pregnant right away. Um, And of course, it doesn't always go the way you plan. So we tried and tried. Um, and by the time December of 2016 came around, like, okay, it's been a year. So I emailed my doctor. Um, I come from a really big family. My mom had three kids. Her mom had five. So I was like, there's a re- something's wrong. Like, this has to happen for us. So when I emailed my doctor, she said, with your age, um, it's not typical. I'm 27 now. So she said it's not typical for it to take more than a year. So she sent me to a fertility doctor. So January 6th of 2017, so it's been over a year at this point, I met with a fertility doctor. Um, that appointment went differently than I expected my doctor told me that they would take blood work and see, like, make sure everything was working properly for me to have a baby. Um, but at that point, this is where my story is a little different. I am plus size. And that fertility doctor basically told me that I would never have children um, and that I needed to lose weight. And even at that point, I probably would not have kids. What? Yeah. So <laughs> she did not do any blood work. Um, my husband did not come with me to that appointment because I just thought like, oh, they're just going to like draw some blood and then we'll schedule the next one. And it did not go that way. So I was so emotional because obviously after a year, we wanted it so bad. And I, I just thought it would be so easy. So that was kind of discouraging. Um, we didn't really know where to go at that point. So the next, this is kind of funny, but the next day we were out with my in-laws and my father-in-law did not know we had gone to that appointment. 
And he was like, are you ever going to have kids? Like, we've been waiting forever. And I was like, this is not the right time. Please leave me alone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was kind of interesting. But um, we, you know, we eat pretty healthy, but we had not been, like, exercising like we should be. So we started exercising. Um, and we, we both, me and my husband, started losing weight. And in February around Valentine's Day, I had been super sick, um, really dizzy, like, I, I, like, couldn't get out of bed, I missed a ton of work, so we ended up going to the emergency room, they couldn't find anything wrong, um, and again, did not do blood work, did not have me pee in the cup, <laughs> none of that, um, and then about three days later, we went to urgent because we were like something is still not right and again nothing was wrong and I took a pregnancy test around that time but it was not positive and I'm guessing it was just too early because then a month later we got a positive test and we were so excited it had been you know like 14 months at that point so we were like finally we're having our baby and we told everyone right away like the night that I took that pregnancy test, we got in the car and drove to my mom's house and we we're like, look, we're having a baby. And just so um, naive, I guess, to what could happen. So um, the 21st of March, we had our first ultrasound and our clinic called that a dating ultrasound um, just to see because I don't have regular cycles either. So we really didn't know how far along we should be. Um, and at that point, they told us that I was about six weeks. Um, the labs looked really good. The exam looked good. But on the ultrasound, the baby was um, measuring about six weeks, but with my, with my period, even though it wasn't regular, they thought I should be about eight. So... And the heart rate was about 100. So they, they thought that that was kind of low. Um, they didn't really tell me, like, anything bad would happen. They just said, you know, this is just your first appointment. The baby's still really little. So we'll just keep moving forward. Um, and they scheduled an appointment on the 30th of that month with a nurse. And those appointments are to um, go over, like, how you're appointment schedule will go. Our clinic does like an education appointment. So I had that appointment scheduled. Two days before that appointment, I started spotting. And I actually only spotted that one day. And of course, like I went to the bathroom, wiped, and I was like, there's blood. And I was at work, obviously, because that's where it always has to happen. And I call my doctor's office freaking out. I was like, something's wrong. I need to come in right now. And they were like, no, you're fine. And they basically just said like, it's normal. It's probably implantation bleeding. And they did not want to do an ultrasound at that point. So that's so for have, how common miscarriage is. You would think yeah. that they would take that stuff a little bit more seriously. Yeah. And uh, like, I had no idea, so I just believed them that it was yeah, normal. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really know anybody that had had a miscarriage or 
so I thought, of course, after you have a miscarriage, you find out yeah. <laughs> everyone that you know has had one and doesn't talk about it. But um, <laughs> yeah, they they didn't seem to be concerned. So I had that OB education appointment and that nurse told me the same thing. It's nothing to worry about. At that point, I should have been um, almost 10 weeks. They did not try to hear the baby's heartbeat on a Doppler, which looking back also kind of frustrates me because we could have checked like if the heart rate had gone up or down at that point. But anyways, um, and then on April 4th, we had another ultrasound. And... (laughs) I'm going to try not to cry. (laughs) That appointment was awful. Um, My husband was with me and they did the ultrasound and they said, oh, you're measuring like eight weeks. And I was like, no, I'm supposed to be like almost 11. So at this point I had been carrying the baby for 11 weeks. And she said, well, the baby did grow from the last ultrasound that you had, but not as much as it should have. And now the baby's heartbeat is like around 50 beats per minute. So I didn't know what that meant. Um, The ultrasound tech was very, very quiet. And me and my husband were like, tell us what that means. Like, is that good? Like, is that like what the heart rate should be? And she just said, well, the doctor will talk to you about it after. So we had um, scheduled with a nurse practitioner. So at that appointment, she basically said, your baby is no longer viable. And um, she said, you will have a miscarriage. This baby, you're going to lose this baby. And After she said that, she just kind of sat there and looked at me. And I was like, I I didn't know what to say. And she was like, so how how do you feel about that? And I was like, what do you mean how do I feel? (laughs) Like, you just told me that my baby's going to die. Like, oh, so um, she basically said, like, we will schedule an ultrasound um, in a week. But I, I would expect that you will start to have heavy bleeding and you will lose the baby um, before that ultrasound comes. So um, I keep a really like detailed planner. I don't have the exact date of that next ultrasound, but it was along the same lines. The baby had not grown still. So it had been about 12 weeks of me carrying the baby, but it was still measuring at about eight. And the heart rate was still about 50. Um, And at that appointment, the nurse practitioner said, like, we need to discuss your options. And I was like, the only option is to continue to carry this baby. I'm not not making any decisions until you tell me that my baby no longer has a heartbeat. Um, And she dropped it right there, which I was really appreciative of. But I was so surprised that they even started to offer options when there was still a heartbeat, even if it was slow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my husband and I always said, like, we believe in miracles. And my family was praying over this baby. And we just thought, like, it was kind of appalling that they would even offer that as an option. So um, we went on the weekend of, like, the 16th was Easter. So we had lots of time with family. Everyone knew that I was pregnant. Um, there was lots of talk about the baby, but we hadn't announced anything on like Facebook or anything like that. And then two days after Easter on the 18th of April, um, we went in for another ultrasound and we found out that there was no heartbeat that day. Um, and honestly, again, I think I was just so naive that I just thought, like this baby was going to pull through and this baby was going to be okay. This was like our miracle baby because we were told I would never have babies. So um, that was really, it was just really a shock. And like, I remember that day, like it was yesterday. I even went back to work after that ultrasound because I didn't believe it. I was like, there's no way that this baby is dead. Um, worst part about that day was that it was also my sister's birthday so she of course at that point I was 13 weeks she knew that I was pregnant um and my mom told her that you know our baby she was 11 so my mom had told her you know that our baby died and we went for her birthday dinner and I tried to be very brave um but obviously everyone knew what had happened so it was really emotional and kind of traumatizing and at that point you know it had been over a month of ultrasounds and doctor visits and it was like every single week we're going in and just hoping for good news um so yeah that was really really difficult um so then two days later we had a doctor's appointment with an actual, because we had been seeing a nurse practitioner up to that point. So we saw like a OBGYN and he was awesome. He, um, he told me like, this is not your fault. I was obviously because I'm plus size. I was like, my weight did this. He was like, no, nothing you did did this. He was like, you could have like, like you could have been in a car accident, you could have gone skydiving and this would not have happened to this baby. Like something was wrong. This is not your fault. And so I found that really comforting. Um, he was wonderful. And at that point he asked what I wanted to do because I hadn't spotted like, or started bleeding. It had been almost a month. It was over three weeks. So he really didn't think that my body would start the process on its own, but he did give it as an option. Um, but we were leaving for vacation at the beginning of May. So I knew that I did not want to continue this process. Um, while we were on vacation, I just wanted to enjoy that time with my husband. So we opted for the DNC. Um, and then also at that appointment, 
he said, I do see that you've been on Prozac in the past. And I was like, yeah, I think I need to start that again. So he assured me that, and I know you've talked about this on your podcast in the past, that when we did start trying for a baby again, that the Prozac would be totally safe and that he actually thought it would help me, especially after what we had gone through. So I started that that day. Um, (laughs) On April 24th, we went for the DNC. And that was interesting. It was the first time I've ever had any kind of surgical procedure. Um, And our hospital, I'm in Minnesota like you are, our hospital is wonderful. And the nurses all knew what had happened and they just made me feel really, really comfortable. Um, They prayed for our baby before we went back for surgery, which I I just found amazing because that yeah. was to us. Um, you don't and the hear, nurses offered. You don't hear that very often. Yeah, they they asked like, "Can we do anything for you? Can we say a prayer for your baby?" And I said yes right away. I thought that was really important. Um, and I remember bring a little like light to the situation. They asked if I wanted to have something to relax myself before they started to wheel me back. And my husband will tell you, I hate to relax. I, <laughs> I do not <laughs> like to relax at all. So I said, no. And they said, okay, well, just so you know, like you will see the room that, you know, we wheel you into where the procedure will be done. And I said, yep, I want to know it all. So they started wheeling me back and uh, they, the nurses were talking to me and they said, have you ever seen an operating room? And I said, no, only on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> so they like got a kick out of that. They really liked that. Um, and I'm a really big, like punctual time person. I'm a big planner. So I asked what time it was when I went in. And then I remember when they woke me up, I asked what time it was again. I was so surprised. It had only been like 15 minutes. Oh, um, really? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And they they didn't like... I asked several times, like, are you putting me completely to sleep? And uh, I guess they don't. They just, like, heavily sedate you, and they just kept saying, like, you're going down for a nap. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it was only, like, 15 minutes, and our baby was gone. And, um, yeah, I just just thought it would be, like, this big, long process, but – like an hour. Like that's, yeah. that's what I've always envisioned is like, an, I've never had a DNC, but like an hour is what I've always envisioned. For sure. That's what I thought too. Like this is a big deal and it should take a long time, but yeah, 15 minutes. So, um, after I was awake and doing okay, the OB came back and said, you know, everything looked really normal. Um, they did send the baby out for like testing everything came back normal um and the other thing that I really like about our hospital is that they actually have um a garden so the they cremate babies that have been miscarried or stillborn and we can actually go visit there so oh my our gosh. babies yeah, so our That's baby's so actually cool. there. Yeah, we haven't actually gone to visit yet. I was just thinking about that the other day, like we need to go. Um, but I thought that was really nice too because it does kind of make it less like sterile and medical and like, hey, we're recognizing like this. Yeah, 
Yeah. So um, at that point, we didn't really know what we wanted to do going forward. And we knew that we still wanted a baby, but we didn't even know if we could have a baby. Um, so we just kind of continued on like our healthy track. We um, had kind of a rough rest of the year in 2017. So we had several friends announce they were pregnant, which obviously we were happy for them, but um, sad for ourselves, like as bad as that is to say. And um, then we went on another vacation in August and I had a lot of health problems, um, ended up having to go for a lot of testing and um, it turns out it was my gallbladder, but they couldn't figure that out at the time. <laughs> they didn't figure it out until almost a year later. So, um, and then my great grandma died. So we were still trying through that whole time, but it wasn't necessarily surprising to me that we weren't getting pregnant because there was just so much happening. Um, and I was still on the Prozac, but there's only so much that that does. And mm -hmm. like going through the death of my grandma was really hard. She was my last great grandparent. Um, so, and I, I didn't get to see her before she died. So that was hard. Um, but then the end of October, I was in a really high stress job and I switched to a less stressful job. And we just went into 2018, like knowing that that would be the year for us. Um, a friend of ours from church put uh, baby Siler on the miracle board to pray for 2018. And we just went into it with really positive thoughts and just thinking about the baby that we had lost and just knowing that it would happen for us someday. If we got pregnant once, like we could keep trying and we just knew that our baby was um, meant to be. So we, in 2018, had a positive pregnancy test on March 26th. So it was just like two, a year and two weeks later than our first pregnancy. Um, so I, my husband cried when I took the test and I was so excited, but I was like, it's the same timing and it just felt like, here we go again, you know? Um, and we went for our first ultrasound at the end of May. So again, or end of March, sorry. So again, same exact timing. And they told us at that point that our due date was um, October 21st. And that was on track with when I had had my last period. And then, um, or sorry, I'm getting things mixed up. So with my last period, it should have been October 21st. But at that appointment, they told me it would be October 26th. So it was, the baby was measuring a week behind. So we left that appointment and I told my husband, like, we're, we're losing this baby the same exact thing is happening. Um, and I, at that point, I kind of really disconnected, which I regret because um, I, I really should have just enjoyed the baby. And it, it was just hard. I think if it maybe had been a different 
timeline, like not the same time finding out and the same due date that it would have been a little bit easier to enjoy um, what was going on. But yeah, so um, we announced this baby early. So I was 10 weeks and two days on Easter. And, you know, the year before Easter had been a really hard time for us because we were kind of in limbo. Like we didn't know if our baby was going to survive. Um, and looking back like that Easter weekend was really traumatizing. And looking at those pictures is really sad because like we had our dead baby inside of me. So we were trying to make light of that weekend. So we announced on Facebook, I wore a really cute, like egg expecting shirt. And um, we told the world, even though it was early, and we just really put our faith in the fact that miracles do happen. Um, so again, two days before my sister's birthday, so that date was super triggering to us. Um, we had a doctor's appointment and at that doctor's appointment we were actually able to hear our baby's heartbeat on the Doppler and I have goosebumps just talking about it that was the first time we actually ever got to hear a heartbeat because at all the ultrasounds we just got to see it we didn't get to hear it um and I knew like I didn't care that the baby was measuring small I knew that this baby was going to be okay um, and we just kept continuing on, and we found out our baby was a girl in my birthday month, and um, I ended up giving birth to a beautiful, healthy baby girl, and I just feel like even though the timing was so in line with the timing that we had our miscarriage and her due date was just two weeks after um, our first baby's due date. It just felt right, and um, obviously, we like we never wanted anyone to feel like we were replacing our first baby, but um, it did kind of make it special. At first, it was really traumatizing that the timing was the same, but then it did make it special because um, we ended up getting our rainbow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. At first, it's like total PTSD. You know what I mean? It was so scary. And I even told them at, I mean, obviously, like, they could see my chart. But at that first appointment, I was like, I lost a baby this time last year. Like, I know that this isn't going to end well. And the ROB was like, well, that's not really the way that you should look at it. But I'm sorry (laughs) you feel that way. (laughs) So, yeah, I just. Um, I think that our story is a little different because I am plus size and you don't necessarily hear about plus size pregnancy a lot in mainstream and, um, especially not positive things about it. And we had a completely healthy pregnancy. I didn't have any, um, risk factors or anything like that. So it was wonderful to kind of turn it around and get our rainbow. So. 
Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I'm so happy oh, for thank you guys. You. <laughs> and screw that first doctor, right? You should yeah. like you should like show up with your like your little girl and be like, Hi. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do want to be like, hey, I can have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now if you yeah. had any piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? So I kind of um asked my husband about this last night and we both agreed that just really leaning on your partner and your support system. I know that um, a lot of people within like our church family and our regular family really um, put a lot of love on us while we were going through the process and after. And that made all the difference because we didn't feel so alone. And I Mm -hmm. think that a lot of people going through miscarriage feel that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And just yeah. like find your support system because it looks different in everybody's story. You oh, know? for sure. Um, I know that someone, Sarah, you had on a few podcasts back, our mm-hmm. husbands met through their beer hobby and she's ended up being like a great person for me to talk to about loss because we went through it kind of around the same time. So um, that's been really amazing too. Like you, you just find people and how the cool that you guys connected places. through your husbands too. Like, yeah. When it comes yeah. to miscarriage, that's super cool. Yeah. So oh, it's fun. been awesome. Yeah. Now, if somebody wants to reach out, is Instagram the best way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I will go ahead. I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode. And we appreciate a story of hope and something that has a happy ending. That is amazing. And hopefully, you know, everyone can relate and just be like, you know, this is what, this is what we have to look forward to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I appreciate you letting me tell my story. It feels very freeing to be able to share it. It's like a weight lifted off, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And let's keep in touch. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. 